Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast. I want to go ahead and just thank you all for coming back. I know it's been a little while since we last spoke, but I super appreciate you tuning back in. We were on a little bit of a hiatus, and I want to be upfront with you right now. Episodes might be delayed a little bit. They might come out uh, maybe a little slower than they have in the past. We have been retooling, revamping, and reworking the show. And also rebooking and booking some new guests. Things have been rolling behind the scenes, and I want to thank you all for your patience while this happens. This is going to be the first ever episode where we debut the new format. So I really hope that you enjoy it, as I know our guest certainly enjoyed the new format, as did I. Speaking of guests, this episode we are joined by Dot Chris from the Bad Cowdy Funky podcast. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he was our guest for the Under the Red Hood episode. So it only seemed fitting that we brought him back for Batman Hush. That'll make more sense when you listen to the episode. Um, For those of you who don't know, Batman Hush was released in single issue format in Batman running issues 608 to 619, which went from October 2002 until September of 2003. It was written by Jeff Loeb and has art by Jim Lee. The movie, which goes by the same title, Batman Hush, Hush, was directed by Justin Copeland, produced by Amy McKenna, and had a screenplay by Ernie Altbacker. The movie itself, of course, takes place in this new 52 continuity that the DC animated movies have been running since Justice League War, which debuted in 2014, which of course means that Bruce Wayne was voiced by Jason O'Mara. Superman was voiced by Jerry O'Connell. Lois Lane is voiced by Rebecca Romaine. And of course, everyone's favorite Lex Luthor, Rain Wilson, reprised his role. Yeah, I know that wasn't a very good joke. It also stars Jennifer Morrison as Catwoman, and Maury Sterling as Thomas Elliot, Sean Mayer as Dick Grayson slash Nightwing, and Peyton List as Poison Ivy, and Peyton R. List as Batgirl. As a quick side note, if you have any requests for an animated movie that you would like to be covered, or if you have a request for a co-host to join us, please email us at adaptthispodcast at gmail.com. We already had our first ever fan mail. And I heard you, bud. Stay tuned. Or if you want to tweet at us at Adapt This, you can go ahead and do the same thing. I check them all regularly. And we have exciting polls and all of that kind of good stuff as well. Also, while you're listening, if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the new or old format, If you could go ahead and rate us a good old five-star review with, if you feel so inclined, a written review, that would be amazing. We are going to start reading those reviews during the show, and it's just going to be a good old time. Anyways, I'm just going to go ahead and zip up, shut up, and hush while the theme song begins.
said to do it. Hi, Chris. Oh, hey, Greg. Oh, hey, fancy running into into you here. Yeah, that's where I was doing my shopping. I ended up in your house somehow. Mm. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, all all roads lead to my house. Right. It's true. It's very I live true. on one Rome Street. <laughs> one Rome Street. One Rome Street. Um, so thanks for being on the show again. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm the first person to do it twice, right? Mm, I'll tell you, you're not the fifth person to do it twice. Damn it. Damn it. So last time we had you on, we you were on the episode Under the Red Hood. That is true. And there was some confusion going on in terms of what was happening with some characters. And I believe we made a, a promise to you that if we ever covered a certain book, we would have you on. Yeah, that 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 definitely ended weird. It was like, hey, look, remember that time we kind of resolved this, but not really. And then, oh, hey, look, he's here. <laughs> why, why is why is there Robin over here now? I don't get why it. Why are there two Robins? Why are there so? I mean, I know there's a lot well, of Robins. Yeah. Why are there two second Robins? That's so weird. It was so weird. If if you listeners haven't figured it out yet and haven't read the title of this episode, we're going to be talking about Batman Hush. Hush. Uh, I was especially excited because one of the best episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is also mm, called Hush. Much different. Uh, yeah, I was a little upset that this was not just the novel, the <laughs> comic book adaptation of that. But you know what? Uh, yeah, I persevere. <laughs> and also because it's dealing with very similar subject matter to Under the Red Hood. Um, and actually, it's been a, a few weeks and or months since yeah. I actually read this. Um, I'm going to be asking you after every single point <laughs> that I make is, was that under the Red Hood or was it Hush? We'll, we'll play a game with the audience. Oh, yeah. It's a, good, it's a good game. Just tweet at us at Adapt This to win your prize. Spoiler alert. There's no prize. I'm going to lose each round. <laughs> so um, we're going to actually start a new format on this episode. I complained too much. He complained too much. So we're going to do a new format, and it, and I think this one's going to be a success. So what we're going to do, we're going to start off with the book like we normally do, but we haven't watched the movie yet. Nope, I have no idea what happens. So we're going to take a commercial break. I'm calling it a commercial break. What happens actually in between is up to future Greg to, to decide. So choose wisely, future Greg. And, you know, like I like this format, but like now I'm realizing that if had we watched the movie first, yeah. I would contextualize what I'm trying to sort out between Under the Red Hood and Hush. But I think that's part of the fun. Oh, no, this is way better. <laughs> 100% better. So it's probably going to be myself correcting everything I said wrong. Yes. At the tail end of this. Being like, remember that time I said this? <laughs> yeah, that was the other book. We'll have like a corrections. It'll yeah, be that's true. Yeah. So what we're going to do, first thing we're going to do is an elevator pitch summary of the book. So I'm going to go and then you're going to go. All right. I love it. So normally I think I would have you go first, but I think I'm going to go You know what? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. You want me to go first? I'm pretty sure. All right. Actually... Kind of what you go. All right, right. So what we're going to do, we're going to, I'm going to throw up a timer. All right. And I call it elevator pitch, but I think that's going to be still too much time. So I'm going to give us, I'm going to say 20 seconds to summarize and hit as many major points as you can. Oh God. For Batman hush. All right. And timer starts. All right. Uh, Someone's messing with Batman's head and he can't figure out why. That like all these other you see all these other enemies and they um are these other villains and they are all seem to be kind of connected in weird ways and he doesn't know why and he has to figure it out because he is the greatest detective. Oh, Ooh, nailed it right on. My time dime. management is perfect. And I'm pretty sure I said the description that could apply to both Hush and Under the Red Hood. 
vague. <laughs> so <laughs> love it. Love anyway, it. so uh, go ahead and tell us what the story is really about, Greg. Also, so I'm going to put myself in the same time restraint, which I think adds to the stress, which will detract from the accuracy. <laughs> so I'm going to hit start now. Batman has flashbacks to a childhood friend that we never met or heard of before until now. Convenient. Uh, meanwhile, a shady character in the background is manipulating all of Batman's greatest foes and villains to mess with them, uh, including some of his greatest friends, which includes a trip to Metropolis and some flirting with Lois Lane. Done. You know what? I think that was too specific. <laughs> I did read it a lot sooner than you did, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I read it like so I've read this book about five times. I read it, tw- read it twice in the past month, which is a lot because it's like 11 or 12 issues. Yeah. Greg asked me to read this two months ago. Yeah. Um, and then true. actually, I think you asked me to read it four months ago and yeah. it took me two months to actually read <laughs> it. And now it's been two months since I actually read it. It's fine. So that's where we're at in my life. It's fine. So with all that being said, um, what did you what did you think of the book? Like all in all. Um. It was confusing. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many like it's this guy, but it's not really this guy. Yeah. But it's this guy. Yeah. But it's not really this guy. Right. Um, again, it was basically under the red hood. Kind yeah, of. Kind of. Um, but a little a, a little less obvious who like you don't actually see the perspective of the actual bad guy. Right. The majority right. of the time. So it's basically exclusively Batman's point of view, mm-hmm. um, which made it a more mysterious way of doing it yeah. which uh i did appreciate um but it also added the confusion but i'm used to being confused well so a fun fact about this book i remember when this came out and under the red hood came out because it was when i was getting comics on a weekly basis oh so people were so disappointed that hush was not actually jason todd that it like, goes a big mystery like in hindsight if you like reading this all the way through it's really obvious who hushes it's super obvious because like they in the beginning, there's like I think in, even in the first issue, they show that like the character who the big reveal is it's spoilers is Tommy Elliot, his childhood friend that he never knew he had. But like he has this moment where he's got this evil grin and like he's very menacing in the background. But people legitimately did not know who Hush was. Wait, that's seriously what the thing was? Yeah. I don't now see. I'm like straight up not remembering. Oh yeah, because because again identity theft like identity changes happened like eight times oh, in this yeah. freaking thing so they they do so many fake outs in this book it's just like it's really like everyone they, they joke about it in the book too everyone wears a trench coat oh it's everyone has one and they do it on purpose and mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure there's one point where three of them line up in a row yep. and go to meet batman yeah it's it's really funny atrocious couldn't figure it out didn't know who was who they they have a lot of like deep cuts for batman characters as well like, like they usually they have the the usuals like Harvey Dent actually gets cured of being Two Face. Yeah, he gets plastic surgery and some I think some other stuff. So he's now a good guy wearing a trench coat. Uh, his face was wrapped in a in a wrap for a whole panel just yep. to confuse us. They had uh, Batman's mechanic. Man's mechanic. Oh yeah, man, I really don't remember this. I think you're lying to me. Nah, I'm just trying to go through here. I don't see any evidence. Harold Allnut. Yep. Harold. Harold Allnut. So Harold um, is a hunchback mute and Hush got him to work for him by giving him his voice back. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so nice. Yeah. Nice guy. That Hush. <laughs> Nothing but nice. Something that this story arc is really well known for is the art style. Mm-hmm. This is Jim Lee in his prime, essentially. Mm-hmm. He actually redesigned a lot of the characters looks 
just for this book and to move on forward. So like um, Huntress was in the first issue. Yeah. And that was a brand new look for her. And they even referenced that a couple of times. And was like, oh, they new did look. new look, new Huntress. This was also the first time Catwoman reveal or he reveals himself to Catwoman in this continuity in this continuity. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I'm reading that. That seems like a big deal. It was. It was a big deal. Uh, there's a lot of things with Batman and his secret identity where it's like we feel like everyone knows it. Because if you think about the list of people that know who he is, it's in easy in the double digits. Yeah. Quite easily. Like Lois doesn't know, but she probably knows. Uh, Clark definitely knows. There's yep. like three or four Robins up to this point. I think it's three. So that was a big thing, too, that he mentions in this book is because he's having he does have a lot of grief over Red Hood or, or over Jason Todd. So but he did. He already did. In fact, this is him dealing with the direct aftermath of what's going on. So before it was like a lot of time has passed. So he was like, whatever. But this time, I mean, he wasn't like, whatever, but he was not like immediately PTSD. So this book is before Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's like he's re remembering. And I think that's why a lot of people were like, oh, it's got to be Red Hood, because like, why would they bring up Jason Todd in such great detail so many times? And then the Clayface reveal happened where it was like, oh, it's Jason Todd. And then he was like, oh, no, he's not. So what also mess with me as well, yeah. and why I'm also confused, is that the whole thing with Clayface at the end of this one mm-hmm. was also in the run. It also applies to the run of Under the Red Hood. Yes, because the, there was that scene was in Under the Red Hood. It's weird, but yeah. it was also here. Yes, so it's confusing. Well, they flat in Under the Red Hood. They flash back because they actually it's it's completely a continuity fix. What they do is because there was no point. Where if you're reading this book alone, they explained very quickly and very succinctly that this is not Jason Todd. These are why this can't be Jason Todd. This is what Clayface did to kind of mimic that style. But Batman figured it out because of that. Now, what Under the Red Hood does is it retcons all that and says, oh, it was Jason Todd for like four seconds. And then you can see in Under the Red Hood, you'll see it when he's fighting Clayface. Red or uh, not Red Hood, Jason Todd jumps behind some graves. Yeah. And that's where they say in under the red hood. Oh, a switcheroo happened. And now it's Clayface. Oh, fancy. Yeah. So in, in hush, it's revealed that hush is Jason Todd, which we know is not true. And Batman is like, Oh, I knew it wasn't him because he, they made him older because they, because Clayface didn't know what he actually sounded like. So he just had like a generic adult voice, I guess. And he didn't know how he never met, Jason Todd Clayface. So he didn't know how he fought, but he's fought Nightwing plenty of times. So yeah. he just mimicked Nightwing's maneuvers. And Batman's like, I know it wasn't him because of these facts. And I'm Batman. He is Batman. He is Batman. That's oh, very sh- true. That's very, very true. Is there like a standout moment for you in the book? Uh, it's kind of crazy that Poison Ivy just seduces the shit out of, of Superman. Yeah. Like she he's done. seduces everyone. Yeah. Everyone gets a little piece. Everyone is just like, kind of uh, bananas. But, um, that was kind of weird, um, but also like, all right, Poison Ivy. All right, good on you. You literally just got yourself an indestructible like yeah, pretty, like body armor. Oh, yeah. Crazy. A little kryptonite, and you can do whatever you want with Superman, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, unexpected. That was the big, that's the big standout moment for everyone is like, I mean, you see the comic book cover right there, and it's Superman holding Batman by the neck. Yeah, what the hell? And like very menacingly. Martha. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you say that name? <laughs> it's very, it is very reminiscent of that. But that's what everyone remembers. However, if you take that moment out of the series, it 
happens exactly the same. I mean, it's basically like only like four pages that yeah. he's actually like under the spell. And then it's pretty yeah. quick. It's like, oh, yep, we're good. He's like, let me go to Metropolis. And then he meets Tommy in Metropolis. And they're like, oh, remember when we were kids and we saw like first Green Lantern fighting? Yeah, I can't believe I forgot about that, too. See, I didn't think he was actually Hush. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure all of this is going to be clarified when we actually watch this movie. And then I it, then it like, will oh, be yeah. much like the Celine Dion song. It will all be coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the meatloaf song. Or the meatloaf. Hey, it was written. Actually, it was written for a meatloaf. Written adapted. Meatloaf. Yeah. By Celine Dion and then re-recorded for Battle of Hell 3. It's fine. Do not question me on my Celine Dion and meatloaf mm-hmm. trivia. We're all about the adaptions here. Damn right. <laughs> so I think the first time we meet Tommy Elliott is I'm going to say issue two or three. Yeah, it's pretty early on. Issue two. So issue two, page 16. We first meet him. Now, I want you to keep in mind right now that Tommy Elliott is Hush. And I'm going to quickly go to page 21. All right. Last panel. That's a villain face right there. Yeah, but it's meant to be like like offset. That is not really him. That is not really Tommy Elliott. It's not really Hush. That is Hush, though. So Hush is, in fact, Tommy Elliott. But Hush was not the um, mastermind behind everything. Oh, yes. That's what I was saying. Yeah. So Hush's identity is still Tommy Elliott. All right. The the mastermind behind everything was the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. Which I even forgot that part <laughs> until I was rereading. See, it. this is like, why oh, it's so yeah. confusing. There's so the many Riddler, enemies. Riddler did manipulate everyone. Yeah. God damn it. But yeah, so Tommy Elliott's really one of those really interesting characters because he later on gets... He, I mean, he's pretty obsessed with Batman and Bruce Wayne. Uh, Tommy Elliott, we learn. This is my favorite thing is how just learning how messed up he is, where he tried to kill, get his parents killed. And when they were children, Bruce made a promise to Tommy that like my dad will save both of your parents because he's the best surgeon there is. And that's just what he does. And he only saved one of them. I think it was his mother. I think he only saved his mother. God damn it, Tom. And then Tommy was upset and Bruce always thought it was because that his dad didn't save the other one. Turns out Tommy actually cut the brake line on his parents' car and made his driver stay home with them. So his parents would take the car out and he was upset that one parent survived. What a dickhead. Later, it turns out that because what happened to Bruce is what Tommy wanted to have happen to himself. He gets super obsessed with Bruce Wayne and wants to be Bruce Wayne. So he performs plastic surgery on himself to look exactly like Bruce Wayne and tries to take over his identity. I mean, that's a pretty fair plan. That's face off. <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. But, but only with one person. It's like face on. It's like two Nicolas Cage's. Actually, technically <laughs> two, two, two John Travolta's. Yeah, that's more accurate. But yeah, so that's that's essentially the character of Hush in a nutshell. Hush. Crazy, but looks really cool and has since been been referenced in many um other Batman licenses. Right. So like they reference him a couple times in the Arkham series, which has Easter eggs and stuff like that. Um, and I don't think he ever had an animated form before hush that I know of the movie. Hush. Hush. I've actually been tweeting out just shh and like gifts of people going shh <laughs> leading up to this episode. Um, cool. Let's go ahead and find a moment in this book to do a little voice acting theater. Oh too. my goodness. What, what an issue is the trench coat thing? Let's see. Oh, it's the final coat. one. Oh God. Yeah. So it's all the trench coats are Harvey Dent. Yep. Hush. Yep. Jim Gordon. Yep. It's three trench coats. Yeah. But like three seconds before the issue before it was Clayface. Oh yeah. So it's literally 
trench coat, followed by trench coat, followed by <laughs> trench coat, followed by trench coat. That is within two issues. There's four trench coats. And isn't the um the dude, is it the mechanic guy that gets shot at the end? The end oh, of yeah. It? That's the yeah, other one. Also in a trench coat. That's five trench coats. But that's coats. in the beginning. That is at the beginning. That's actually the beginning of this issue, the tail end of the last issue. Yeah. But, yeah. like, again, five trench coats within two issues. That's crazy. That's Can't so many. Handle it. Actually, wait, is is young Tommy Elliott wearing a trench coat? Kid Tom? I can't tell. Maybe it's just a jacket. Okay, so here's what we'll do. We will go... So we're going to be doing the final fight. Oh, we are? All right, cool. Final fight. Because um, it looks like there's a lot of exchanges between Hush and Batman. Hush. Hush. So here's what we'll do. Who do you want to be? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, let's do... To- I'll do Tommy. I'll be Tommy. You want to be Tommy? Yep. So... I'm going to make a stipulation for you then. Yeah. If you're going to be Tommy, you have to talk in a whisper. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. On it. Yeah. Since since you've been bringing up the whisper. Hush. hush, Into it. The whole time. All right. So I'll be Batman. Um, And I think I will play Batman. Maybe I'll do like the Christian Bale, Nathan Explosion Batman, but like also trying to be in a whisper. Yeah, and, and we'll see how this goes. It's, we're gonna be, it's gonna sound like we're on NPR. Yeah, and by the way, they're just fighting in the rain. Yeah, and it's very, very, very. Imagine dramatic. the most dramatic fight scene you can see. Like it's all—it's nothing but emotion and it, pows and blood. Sorry, bam, my bad. Bam. It's a and bam. chucks, chucks and pitis. Is that a fart? Quack! Look, look at hold on before we start. Look at that bidiff. Yeah, that's a, it's an awkward. It's definitely coming out of either one of their butts. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> I do not know how you could have heard these stories, but Dr. Thomas Wayne did everything in his power to save the Elliots. Okay, hold on one second because yeah. you sound like Batman trying to recite Shakespeare, and it's <laughs> wonderful. Please proceed. Oh, well, well the, the words of Jeff Loeb are Shakespeare. All right, you're right. They're not. Uh, Yes, just like you promised me he would. Then Batman punches Hush in the face. Bam! He lost my dad, though. Left me with my mother. And then we get the new panel, and we see like the, the, the follow-through, I would say, to the yeah. punch. Uh, stick a needle, Bruce. Stick a needle. An expression that Tommy and I shared as children. <laughs> Alas, poor Yorick. I knew it's him actually, well, Horatio. So what I'm really doing is I'm channeling Keanu Reeves doing, <laughs> doing Christian Bale. That's great. All right, so I think this is still me. Yep. <clears throat> Wait. Chuck. Chuck. Uh, he like does like I want to say the uh, like a it almost looks like a Vulcan. Like I would imagine this is how Spock fights. Yeah, definitely. That's like an a, awkward karate chop. It's like a Vulcan awkward karate chop. Is that what this is all about? A child's broken promise? No, Bruce. Bruce. I was That's never angry that your father let my father die on the operating table. That was, It was that he let my mother live. What? I insisted that the driver stay home that night. A rainy night. A severed brake line. I wanted my parents to die, Bruce. And your father ruined that. Blam! And then the Batmobile explodes with a bada boom. It's like quite a big one. And like Batman's cape is all what was once tattered is just like flying off yep. pretty much. And Hush is pretty much cool as a cucumber. Hush. Hush. You have no idea how lucky you are to be an orphan. All that money became yours to spend. 
It's a big spender. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. When I had to wait years waiting for my mother to die from cancer of all things, pretending to be a good son. I'm just like, totally slipping into Batman. Yeah, That's are. right. Since I know that you were counting, yes, I had one bullet left in the chamber. Didn't see me strap the C4 to the Batmobile while you and Harold had your short-lived reunion, did you? Now, as much as I would like to end it here, the game is not over yet. I'm taking you to Arkham. Arkham. Where, where <laughs> everyone else gets the pleasure of unmasking. So now we got Commissioner Gordon. I guess I'll be Gordon as well. And Gordon's going to sound like this. <clears throat> Put your hands in the air and get down on your knees now. James Gordon, the friend in need. And who's that you got with you? Take the shot, Jim. Damn it, they're too close together. Harvey, what are you doing here? You know the agreement. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> any good lawyer will tell you agreements were meant to be broken. Blam, blam. <laughs> I love how his gun has the <laughs> same voice. And then, no. Would you like to provide these sound effects? Hold on. <clears throat> Like a Zoolander cough. <laughs> the best part is when you get these sound effects. I just barked, by the way. It's pretty good sound nice. uh, I, I like when you get these sound effects that actually don't have any vowels. Yeah. It's a rough one. Yeah. Those, those are pretty rough. All right. And let's call that a scene. That was, for your listening pleasure, three trench coats. Yeah. Three. It's three. Three out of five trench coats. Three out of five trench coats. Technically, the other dude's lying on the ground dead, dead. with a bullet in his so, head. So he's there. Four. So we're going to call it four. We're, we're going to call it, you heard three. It's an even four. But had four. It's an audio three. It's an audio three. It's an audio three. <laughs> audio three. So that's the big one that we're talking about where we kind of see how messed up he actually is. Um, how she actually is in terms of like what he's been upset about this whole time and why he's been essentially stalking Batman and Bruce Wayne. So that's pretty, it's pretty neat. It's a pretty good ending. Um, And then we've got the actual end where Batman's like, wait a minute. I know that there could be more to this. And then it turns out the Riddler was behind the whole thing. Just because. Well, so they actually bring it up in one of the issues. I want to say maybe in the middle where he actually fights the Riddler and it's just normal Riddler M.O. And whereas everyone else has been kind of off. So like Killer Croc, it starts off with Killer Croc and a ransom and Killer Croc doesn't ransom. He just kind of like steals yep. and like kills. So Batman was kind of feeling weird about that. And then it went into Catwoman who went back to being kind of a criminal. She was on a good streak for a while at this point. She's like neutrally. Oh, she's not. She's not that bad, but she's not that good. Right. And this was pretty bad for her because mm-hmm. she steals the ransom money. Yep. So that's kind of off of her MO a little bit, at least as it was recently. And then Poison Ivy seemed like she was behind it all. And she actually wasn't. No, because Batman's like, you're not that smart. And that's where they were like, OK, this new character, Hush. And Hush has always been in the, in the background going just like saying like the weirdest like Hold on. I took like some notes on some of the crap he says. And it's just all very like, yes, I'll get you next time. Like very in the shadows. Like, yes, fall into my trap. It would be excellent. Yes, fall into my trap. It will be excellent. 
Where oh, I don't think I, I thought I wrote, wrote it down, but I didn't. <laughs> you didn't. I did not. I just, ruined. Yeah, ruined. But he just always says this like weird stuff, and it makes him seem like a mastermind. And and he also goes up against Joker and Harley. And Harley is kind of solo, which is kind of yeah. weird. And then it makes it look like Tommy Elliot gets killed by the Joker, but he actually doesn't. And the Joker's like, I didn't do this, man. Like this is all something else. I just showed up here with this gun. Yep. Like I was told to. And um. The Riddler is the only one who's just like, oh, it's a bad riddle that I figured out in four seconds and he's in jail. And that's when Batman was like, wait a minute. He's the real mastermind because he's the one that's out of place. So I don't know why he wanted to go into Arkham. I don't remember, but that was that. The end. The Actually, no, end. that was the middle, but that's beside the, the point. The middle. <laughs> that leads into the end. That's right. Yeah. I remember when I first read this book, I really, really liked it. And then the more times I read it, the more I see the flaws in the writing. So that's where I got confused because like Tommy just like disappears like halfway through yeah. the thing. Yeah. And then just doesn't come back till the end. That's right. And then he does have I do remember that about his Yeah, it's everything. it's kind of weird where like they do a great job at hiding who Hush is because like, oh, like this random childhood that like no one really remembers in these moments. And like it shows Tommy to be a very formidable um at least in their childhood to Bruce, like a formidable ally or foe or whatever you want to want a say. foil, a foil. And um, then they just like don't use him for three or four issues because he's like running around Metropolis and Gotham and all the stuff. And then he kind of he does like peek up every now and then, like wherever Batman is, Tommy is also. But they don't make a big deal out of it. So like he goes to Metropolis and he sees Tommy and the whole time he's trying to dodge Tommy because Tommy is also his doctor. And Batman in the first or second issue had a really bad fall. And it, it actually, it's the exact same thing that happened in Red Hood, where he has his grappling hook and his line gets cut. Yep. And I remember t- talking to you at work about this, where I walked in. I was just like, you would think he would fix his rope by then or get he, a new nope. rope. Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's too expensive. He's got too. He bought too much in bulk. That's right. He's he's it is that month. He was he was running low on the batarangs. Yeah. And it was like that or fix the wire. And mm-hmm. He got to get the batarangs. He got to get the batarangs. Of course. You throw those away like literal candy. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's Hush, essentially. That's the book. We're going to take a, a short break. So something will be, you'll, you'll hear something. We're it's probably going to be this. <laughs> it's probably going to be that now. 100%. And then we're going to go watch the movie. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Hush movie. Hush. Hey, everyone. This would be the point of the show where we read any emails, reviews, comments, anything like that that has shown up since the last episode came out. And here is our first ever fan email. Our fan writes, hey, exclamation mark. I really like to listen to adapt this and would like to hear any Teen Titans like Teen Titans, the Judas contracts or any other Teen Titan adaptation. Well, my friend, I'm glad you brought that up because Teen Titans has been actually one of my favorite teams since I was a teenager and the lineup for me was might be a little bit different than what you're thinking of when I was a teenager young justice was ending so all those characters moved over to the teen titans so for me when I'm thinking teen titans of course like you think the classic team where you're thinking um, cyborg robin raven starfire beast boy aqualad wally west you know all those guys but for me my teen titan team has got to be Superboy, Tim Drake, Robin, 
Bart Allen Kit Flash, Cassie Sandsmark, man, you know, Cyborg and, and Beast Boy and Raven, of course, as well. But I'm really glad you brought that up because not to overshoot it, but probably in the next couple episodes, we are going to be covering our first Teen Titans adaptation. So I'm, I'm very excited. I cannot wait. Uh, another news, just so you all know, in case you uh, are not subscribed to the whole Geek Generation Network, to which this show is a, a, a proud part of, and we couldn't be happier to be a part of this. I've been featured on the latest Geek Generation episode where the Rob Logan and I reviewed and broke down the Joker movie. So if you like this show and you liked Rob when he was on this show, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? Be sure to tune into that. And also, in case you didn't know, my Twitch channel has been brought back from the dead, which was apt for Halloween, where we went, we just burned through so many indie horror games and in I'm going to say horror adjacent games. It was a great time and things are really kind of building up. So remember to join us there on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Well, it's like it's more like Mondays or Wednesdays, kind of depending how the week has been going and definitely Fridays over at twitch.tv forward slash booster greg anyways i think that's enough of an intermission let's get back and let's hear what chris and i had to say on hush the animated movie hush so we're back we watched the movie we 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 (laughs) certainly saw a movie We, we watched a movie that was called batman hush hush i'm not sure what it has to do mostly with Hush. Look, there were three plot points that were almost the same. So while we were watching the movie, I started making a list of the differences. I probably would have been easier to make a list of the similarities because mm-hmm. I have quite a few pages. Okay, well, first difference. Yes. Um, the comic version were still pictures and Ooh. this was moving pictures. Yeah, and you couldn't hear the dialogue in the book. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, so let's talk, let's talk about this. Did the movie hit the major points of the book? So when you really break it down to bare bones, you have Batman's childhood friend comes to visit. Yep. Batman has, uh, Batman's rogue rogues have been, um, Put to a new task by some mysterious new villain in the shadows. Hush. Hush. Um, those those uh, villains being Killer Croc, Poison Ivy, Catwoman, to some extent, Scarecrow, and Joker. Wait, and Harley. Wait. But you're combining two different lists, one from the movie and one from well, so the that, comic. So this is the book. That's the book. So the book. Right. Oh, right. You so we're just talking like what yeah. happened in the Wait, book. Scarecrow was in the book? Yes. Very brief. Remember, he, they, uh, Huntress and Catwoman were fighting each other because they got doused. Oh. All right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember if, if Scarecrow was in the book per se, but definitely the use of his toxin was. All right. Yes. 100%. Yes. The use of his toxin was. Uh, I'm pretty sure they went, Scarecrow's toxin. Yeah. And then moved on with that. Life. That's probably, yeah. You're right. Yep. Um, but anyway, so a, a combination, let's rephrase that. A combination of rogues and their technology slash signature moves were used against Batman. There it is. Batman goes to Metropolis. 
Yep. Superman gets controlled by poison ivy. Check. Uh, Lois Lane gets thrown off of a building. It happened. And it snaps Superman out of it. Yep, for whatever reason. It is So this is... The, the villain is revealed, and then the mastermind behind everything is also revealed. That's, that, yeah. Those are the baseline similarities between the book... Also, Batman was in this. Also, Batman. Also, Batman is in this. <laughs> and Alfred. And, and yeah. Oh, that was a good sound. That's a for me. It was good. Um, so, did the, the movie hit all those points? Except for the list of villains that you just listed off. Okay, fair. So, <laughs> never mind that. But, like, everything else, the movie did hit. Yeah, okay. Right? So, if you... They just boil, hit in a different way. Right. If you boil it down to like base to your bare bones, just outline, they hit it. But I feel like when you're making an ad- adaptation from like a from book to movie, you also have to capture the tone and the point, the purpose, if you will, of the. And they blatantly disregarded no. the whole deal. But I would also argue that the majority of these like DCWB cartoons don't really hit the gravity of the comics. Some do, some don't. Like Under the Red Hood did a really good job. It did a better job. Because I also was adapted by the same person who wrote it. So he understands the source material a lot more. There you go. Um, we haven't covered it on the show yet, but... The Death and Return of Superman was pretty close. Right. They hit a lot of the points, even though it was horribly voice acted by uh, Dwight Schrute, by Rain Wilson. Hey, he is American treasure. <laughs> he sure is, just not in this. <laughs> so Player Speeds, Battlestar, Galactica, Batman. Generally speaking, the adaptations are fairly close. The only one I can think of that's not was Earth 2 and Crisis on Two Earths. I'm able to forgive that because even though Crisis on Two Earths was adapted from Earth 2, it also has a different title. And so right off the bat, you're like, all right, this is going to be different enough. This literally has the same title as the graphic novel. Hush. Hush. Um, There were, I listed all of the differences. There are many, many differences. And those differences actually make this a different story pretty much altogether. Yeah. For me anyways. I mean, at the beginning, so the comic book starts off with Croc. Mm-hmm. This one had Bane mm-hmm. instead. And you, you can forgive that. That's fine. Whatever. You can forgive that. It, 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 it's the same thing. And like the, the, I think the point of having Croc versus Bane is we talked about it before we watched the movie is Croc isn't smart enough to run any sort of ransom or kidnapping gig. Bane is. Yeah, but also the mastermind behind both of those plans, right. Poison Ivy. Right. So, like, you can, like, that's like being nitpicky. That For me, when I first started watching the movie, I'm like, oh, that's a big one. I'm going to write this down. With all the other changes that they made, it that's was, like. It was the most minor of the It's changes. the most minor it change. Didn't really and you, you can forgive it. Um, they connected the dots more quickly to Poison Ivy yep. than they did in the book, for sure. Uh, Lady Shiva shows up for no reason. Zero reason. Zero reason. Absolutely. So the, we'll, we're going to say these things like a lot of reason, no reason. Understanding that this movie is part of a larger continuity is what they've been trying to build with their animated universe now. So everything from, I think, Justice League War up until now is one long timeline. 
Well, she just shows up and is like, hey, League of Assassins. Later. Later. And that's <laughs> is basically, basically the extent that actually probably gave her too much screen time. Right, right. Like there is like you could take her out. There's no difference. Nope, no, no difference. Um, there's no Oracle nope. in this because Batgirl is still Batgirl. Babs is still at Babs it. Babs is still at Babs it. Babs girl. So that is like bittersweet because I, I did like Oracle. Yeah. But I'm happy that she's not paralyzed from the waist down anymore. So that, that's a plus. Nightwing was much more prominently featured in this movie than in the book. In the book, all they did was use him to fake the crash of Bruce Wayne so he can get the medical attention he needs. Yeah. He also was way more like goofy in this. Well, yeah. I mean, Nightwing should be kind of Nightwing is essentially DC Peter Parker. All right. All that, right. That's his whole like gig. He's quippy. He's very quippy. That's his whole thing. Then that's pretty much why Batman likes Robins, generally speaking, is because they're quippy. So their distraction, he just puts a nine year old out in distraction in front of like armed gunmen. Oh, man. And then takes him out. Speaking of Robins. Yes. Appearance by Damian Wayne, who yes. I didn't know was a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Greg had to explain to me. Yeah. I pause the movie. I'm like, all right, here's Damian Wayne. Here's his deal. Uh, and if you don't know at home, Damian Wayne is Bruce Wayne's son. Uh, mother is Talia Al Ghul, was raised by the League of Assassins. But. But he was just kind of like chilling, doing his own thing and telling Batman what's what, which yeah. is kind of weird. Yeah, because he's a child. Yeah, he's he is in the comics anyways. He is much more mature for his age because he was raised by the, the League of Assassins. So he didn't really have a childhood. So he just skipped all that. He so, basically just verbally bitch slapped Batman he does around. That. He's ve- he's very um actually he teamed up when they did the Batman Ninja Turtle movie, which is actually really good. You should definitely watch it. But he was most like Raphael. Interesting. <laughs> Him and Raphael were like two peas in a pod, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, Damien shows up. There are little differences like the wire that gets cut while Batman's trying to chase Catwoman in the book was a battering. I'm pretty sure in the movie was a gunshot. Again, this is like peanuts compared yes. to what we're gonna, about to get into. There is no mention or reference to the Huntress at all, who was a prominent role in the Now, book. Batgirl basically filled that role, but yeah. also only half the role. And Catwoman, too. Catwoman County. Yeah. So I, I would say, actually, let me take a step. That was a, a decent adaptation. Let's be honest. It was okay. Yeah, it was like, fine. Like, in terms of taking characters out that are not necessary, I yeah. guess, it's fine. But it's if you're a Huntress fan, and, like, there, Huntress was in quite a few of the animated series, and she was really prominently featured in Justice League Unlimited. But like, if you were like, "Oh man, I haven't seen Huntress in a minute. It's her time to shine in this well, movie." Well, guess what? You're gonna have to Sorry. wait another hundred and one hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, Huntress was. She's yeah, she's not in this at all. Like they pretty much just divvied up her role between Nightwing and Batgirl. Yep, is what they did. Um. So the, one of the big things we talked about after the accident we just referenced, Batman cannot speak. He cannot really communicate other than Morse code through his finger tapping. Yep. So when they're like, oh, who should we get? This is like this injury, this head injury is well beyond what any of us can do. So they said Dr. Strange. He taps Dr. Strange. He taps Tommy Elliot. And what we later find out is that um, Batman's buddy Harold put in a uh, device that subliminally referenced Tommy Elliot throughout a year or two many many a time so when something has happened 
Batman would know to call Tommy, who he hasn't even thought of in 20, 30 years. Cut to the movie to the where movie. Alfred just goes, bring him to Tommy. Tommy Elliot. Oh, your friend that you were having drinks with that you didn't really because you ran away. Man. Yeah. Alfred, you always know the best things. And <laughs> I know, sir. Thank you for <laughs> noticing. I've been waiting 35 years for you to know that. <laughs> so um, and when I first saw that, I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting change. Yeah. But, but like, ultimately, well, when you're thinking about it, like at the time, you're like, yeah, I can see just moving things along. What this movie really does a lot of is it undercuts a lot of the brilliance of Batman and the detective work of Batman. And I think that's really easy to do, not in a book form. So like in every book you read of Batman, he's always 10 steps ahead. Even if he's a little behind, he's still 10 steps ahead somehow. He's always really smart. He's always thinking and he had a lot of a lot of that through his inner monologue. And I know the movies don't generally have inner monologue like like what the books do. Now we had to make it up ourselves. It was really awkward. But they just didn't even have. Yeah, it was awkward. Uh, we just didn't have that like reference point. It was uh, I don't know. It was weird. Anyways, so. Alfred re- uh, recommends Tommy Elliot and Tommy quips and he goes, hey, yeah, no problem. And fixes Bruce really quickly, too. It was actually a very impressive yeah. surgeon work. Yeah. <laughs> he's like all right next day i guess my back's not broken anymore well in, in the book in the book they were he says well i'll have you out before tea off or before lunch or something like that and he literally did in the movie it was impressive it was very impressive killer croc we now know was replaced by bane check and we have a nice scene with amanda waller and batman which was also in the book yep although he makes a horrible reference to suicide squad that was very like ham-fisted yep yeah that was not in the book you can forgive that what was interesting is that I can never I can never forget that. <laughs> what was interesting is that Killer Crocs Killer Crocs escape was very planned. Yep. He was like, "All right, we're going to let him think he's escaping. I'm going to find him. You're going to give me we're going to let him find the bad guys and I'm going to get everything back." Yeah, this time he just he just escapes. And this time Bane's Bane's escape. Bane's escape was just an accident. They do yep. catch him, but it's ultimately for nothing. Yeah. I think it's pretty much to set up a Suicide Squad animated movie. Basically, because all like. the information that they needed from him, they already knew because of Catwoman. Right. So There's I guess no it was a worthwhile 10 minutes more Maybe. in the movie. <laughs> oh. um, in the comics, we didn't even touch upon this before we were talking about it. In the comics, Lex Luthor is president of the United States. And that's my I voted f- for him. It's my f- I did too. I mean, he he fixed Gotham City with his own money. That's what a what a guy. What a guy with no ulterior motive whatsoever. If there's one thing I know about Lex Luthor, is he never has an ulterior motive. He's also in the Justice League in this movie. Yeah. So after the events of, and this is the thing we're trying to incorporate the continuity, which is not necessary for these animated movies, because you're we're watching these. At least I'm watching these to see what this would look like in a non-book format. It's just always fun to see and like little changes here or there. I'm okay with. And I'm mostly watching it because you're telling me I'm I need tell- to watch you this. You need to watch this movie. <laughs> um, so in current continuity for the movies, Lex Luthor is not president. Therefore, he is still head of uh, Luther Corps or Lex Corps rather. But he is Dwight Schrute. But he is he's still Dwight Schrute. Don't worry. Dwight Schrute is still Lex Luthor. I'm very excited. God damn it. Uh, in the comics, Talia al Ghul, daughter of... Rachel al Ghul or Raz al Ghul, however you want to pronounce his name. I still never know. She is head of LexCore. Oh. So anything that Batman needs from LexCore, he can pretty much get from Talia. And she's like, fine, whatever. It's cool. And he actually uses Talia 
as a bargaining chip to get uh, access to her father in the book. Yes, he does. Because the whole thing in the book was someone. So in the book, and there's no reference of this whatsoever in the movie in the book, we think Jason Todd is back for a split second. Yep. And there's references to someone messing around with a Lazarus pit and Ra's al Ghul does not like that whatsoever. No, no, they're his pits. They're his pits. No one can touch them. There's very limited supply. He needs them. So Batman and Raz or Raish, I'm going to say Raish, Batman and Raish end up teaming up to for a little bit to find out who's been doing this. Uh, we don't find out anything about a Lazarus pit till the very last moments of this movie. There's no Raz in this. And no razzle There's no there's no raspberries in this. Nope. Nope. Something it's a little it's a little change, but I really rubs me the wrong way. When Batman goes to Metropolis to find uh Poison Ivy because she's hiding there, Poison Ivy gets controlled Superman. Batman has a single kryptonite ring that he always has on him to take down Superman at any given point. And he always he says in the book, he says something like, oh, I never come to Metropolis without this. It's small. It looks like an engagement ring, kind of. It's not and not even an impressive. It's, engagement it's subtle. Ring. It's subtle. It, but it's there in the movie. Batman had brass kryptonite knuckles that made. Is both of those substances. Yes. And it was I just didn't like it. I like I like the single ring better. It was it was a lot. It was a bit much. They name Hush multiple Hush. times in this movie. So they in the did. book, we don't know that the villain's name is Hush until the very end of the big reveal of, of the Riddler being the mastermind behind everything. Yeah, this happened in the first strings. like twenty minutes. Yeah, and this one he's just like Hush, Batman. So Batman Hush. falls, claps on the street, and Batman and, and Hush is just says, Hush, Batman. And then again, they're referenced many times throughout the movie, where it's like, Oh yeah, Hush said this, Hush said that, and it's like, Well, he was mystery man until. You didn't even know he was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You just saw like this weird shadowy figure off in the distance. And he was he was always silhouetted until there's big reveals going on. And so until I would say probably Clayface happened. Yep. Speaking of Clayface, barely a thing in this movie until Um, the very end. He is more a thing in this than he was in the comics. I I would disagree because in the comics that looked like Tommy Elliott was dead, shot dead, but that was Clayface. Oh. So remember, so the whole thing with Harley <laughs> and Joker was still a thing, and that was actually pretty Yes, accurate. that was pretty right on. That was pretty right on. Um, so they go to the opera. Harley just interrupts the whole thing. Uh, also, the yeah. opera, there is a clown singing on stage, yes. and he sounds and looks exactly like Puddle's Pity Party. 100%. The YouTube channel. Yeah. It's definitely like they were like, oh, we need to make the costume slightly different. More of a moo moo. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's be honest. The color, it's, it's, the patterning. It's it's puddles. Pretty 100, 100 percent. Yep. So they, they interrupt that. Harley interrupts that. Uh, Batman chases her off after she wounds Catwoman pretty bad. And we see Joker standing over the body of Tommy Elliott, friend, famous surgeon to Bruce Wayne, apparently. And with a with a gun. Go, oh, you killed him. And he's like, I didn't kill him. And that's like pretty dead. That's basically what happens. So that part, I'm like, all right, cool. This is this is fairly accurate. I think we're I think we're still on the same track. Like, I think so. Like, it's close enough. Whenever you're watching these movies, like you, you buckle into the roller coaster and you're like, I hope this is the right roller coaster. And like at this point, I'm kind of like, there's been some differences, but I think we're still on. I think we're on the right track. I think we're on Space Mountain still. I think we're okay. Oh, yeah. I think at this point we need to talk about. The fact that they lean in hard to Batman or rather Bruce Wayne dating Selena Kyle. Well, I was just going to say that. So um, real quick, when they're in Metropolis, Catwoman throws Lois off a building. Yep. In the book, that's planned. That's part of it. Yep. 
in the movie, Batman goes, why would you do that? And she was like, that's not part of the plan. Because, because also, I'm Catwoman. Catwoman? Yeah. Played by Cameron from yeah. House. Yes. Jennifer Morrison. Yeah. Also of Once Upon a Time fame. Yep. And now of This Is Us. Yes. Okay, that's that's is the full IMDb page. That's, of, that's uh, yeah, that's, how I recognize Jennifer Morrison. Yeah, that's her. Um, <laughs> Jason Amaro is voicing Batman. Jerry O'Connell is voicing Superman. Um, who voiced Riddler? I forget his name. It's the guy from Super Troopers. Oh, right, right. If yeah. you've seen Super Troopers, the guy that goes candy bars at the beginning. <laughs> and he guy. says the snozberries taste like snozberries. Yes. And eats all the mushrooms. Yes. That guy. Is Riddler. That he actually Riddler. does a really good job. He's it? not bad. He's, He's not bad. Good. He hands um, it up, but I think it's good. There's a lot of dialogue in this that definitely sounds like a bunch of people that showed up to the recording studio on different days and did not interact with each other. Yeah. But um, yeah, whatever. It yeah. was okay. It there's, wasn't great, but yeah. yeah. Some stuff was fine. Some stuff I was like, geez. Like, I still don't buy Jason Amaro as Batman. It's like, it's too wooden. And I know Batman's supposed to be pretty wooden, but it's just too much. There's, it's very clearly him doing an impression of Kevin Conroy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Oh, no. Although Jerry O'Connell does a really good Tim Daly impression, but he is very like fluid with it. Like, yeah. It's okay. Really Jerry O'Connell, you do your thing. Yeah. I mean, that's all he can do. That's really all he can do. That's and true. That's fine. <laughs> He's built a fairly successful career out of that. So she does that. And then they like they force feed. You were right. This relationship to you between Batman and Catwoman, which does kind of happen in the book. Like a big thing. He's always in the book. Batman's always thinking about Selena. He's always kind of like, I should really tell her. I shouldn't. It's like this whole inner struggle going on while he's actually being tormented by Hush. And in this, there you lose a lot of that because he like doesn't really say he's thinking about her a lot. She's just around a lot. Yep. And then he reveals that he's Batman. That Bruce Wayne is Batman. They're one and the same. And they immediately just bone, yep. essentially. And then they have this really weird pillow talk. Yep. Where it's just like, oh, look at this scars. And like you and I both looked at each other. We're like, like yeah, you did, you did that. that. Yeah, the entire time. <laughs> all those, that's you. That's all. Yeah, that's all you. Um, but it was also. I think there was like it was really like meaningful in the, yeah. the comics. Like, OK, cool. Yeah, it happens. But then it actually goes into literally a montage of the it's two of so them bad. just defeating various Gotham villains. It's, um, so bad. it's kind of like, let me tell a story about my best friend, yeah. except they do it. Yeah, it's not it's not great after that. Yeah, they split up. I don't remember where Batman. Was. Oh no, Batman went to go because there was a break in in Tommy's office. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Which I don't know why there was really a break in. Tommy's yeah. Oh, it was to draw him out. Yeah, it was it to was draw pretty, him out. Yeah. So the break in was to draw out Batman. Yeah. And then Nightwing and Catwoman go to investigate Tommy's grave. Well, they go, they go on patrol and then it turns out someone grave robbed. So they go to investigate that. But the reason they go isn't because it's graveyard robbed. The reason they get called to the cemetery is because someone broke the lock, which apparently oh, yeah. warrants you yeah. calling the uh, your local vigilante yes. to go check that out. Yes. So if you need to rob a bank in Gotham, just break a lock on a graveyard. It's pretty easy. in the clear. I'm just saying crime. Apparently there's a very fine line yeah. between crime and civil misdemeanors. <laughs> So uh, Nightwing, Nightwing and Catwoman go, go to investigate that. They are met by Scarecrow where they have a little fight, which is a lot more of a fight in the books between Huntress and Catwoman, where Huntress was doused with Scarecrow's gas, thinking that Catwoman was not Catwoman. This lasted not even one minute. Yep. 
Uh, Nightwing spilled the antidote on the ground, yeah. and then uh, Catwoman just stabbed him with it, and then fight was over. Yes. Uh, we did find out from the fight that Tommy's body was missing. Yeah. So it's still, at this point, I'm like, great, we're still on board. The body's missing. Yeah. That was must have been Clayface in the alleyway. Tommy is not dead. He is still hush. We're cool. good to go. Uh, right. Catwoman is then kidnapped by yes. uh, a nameless person. Him. Yeah. Well, no, he has a name in this. Well, we don't know it's Hush. I think we... No, 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 no. You see it from his point. Remember, she oh, like looks, yeah, yeah. it zooms in our face and she goes... Yeah, oh, yeah you're right. Because... Because that's a nice trope that everyone loves. Yeah. 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 And then uh, cut to the next scene. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, Oh, that's when it cuts to uh, Commissioner Gordon and Batman at Arkham. Yes. Where they decide they are going to... Um, they're going to talk with the Riddler. Yes. Why? Because Batman has figured it out because of some reason that we don't actually see on the screen. Yes. And uh, then he acts like he is basically slicing the Riddler's throat. But in mm-hmm. reality, he's pulling out a control device mm-hmm. that the Riddler was using mm-hmm. to control Clayface the entire time. So this is where you have the big reveal that the Riddler is actually Hush. Hush. And Tommy Elliott is, in fact, dead. Yes. Yes. Um. So that's a change. That's a big change. Oh, by the way, at some point, what we missed, um, the Riddler shows up and Batman captures him. Yes. But oh, yeah. The Riddler shows up <laughs> and he doesn't. So we talked about before the movie, we talked about like how the Riddler was the only villain that didn't have an MO change. And that's how Batman figures out that the, ultimately the Riddler was behind everything, including um, being Hush's boss. Not Hush. not being Hush, but no, no. Hush's, Hush's boss. boss. And this one they went. Nah. Let's just combine them. Yeah. So he does all that and he he's I think um Riddler still had a brain tumor in the book, if I remember correctly. And he is the one who used the Lazarus pit. Yes. And they find out that apparently he broke into Tommy's office to view all of the medical records. Yeah. And Batman found out figured it out because of oh, because of the Arthur Wynn, the creator of the crossword. Right, right. So he used Arthur Wynn. As a, uh, what do you call it? A stretch? It's a stretch. As a stretch. (laughs) As an alias. So Batman figures all this out, and it turns out, like, the hush in the movie, the hush hush bandage is is removed, and the Riddler is bald and has a scar where he had a surgery. Hey, guys, guess what? The scar that he had a surgery that is on his head is, if you're worried about this, I assure you, this is the case, is a question mark let me tell you it is the most badass thing i have ever seen he actually just looks like colin farrell bullseye it looks like riddler wanted to be bullseye but didn't want to change his mo it looks like someone branded a question mark on a testicle yes that That looks so bad exactly yeah imagine like the end of return of the jedi when darth vader's mask comes off and he's just testicle head but it's just there's a question mark there (laughs) And a lot of veins. Yeah. A lot of veins. Yep. It's, it's unsettling. Like way too many veins. We have a final fight. This is at this point in the movie. I kind of started checking out a little bit because I was like, this is stupid. Oh, yeah. It was 100 percent dumb. Oh, by the way, at some point they defeated Clayface and uh, by yeah. murdering him with a with water a hose. hose. I'm yeah. pretty sure he's fine. Oh, I'm pretty man. sure he just comes back. together. Where do their his... organs go? He doesn't have organs. He's clay. God. <laughs> uh they Anyways, have a, fighting. There, there's a big final fight on um the bridge on like a the bridge in some factory somewhere yep. very reminiscent of uh killing joke where batman's fighting joker before he's joker so red yep. 
Uh, Riddler definitely mortally wounds uh, Batman several times, several times, and he seems to be relatively unfazed. But it's fine, because with the power of love and Catwoman by his you side, know it. he can be anything. Also, Catwoman is dangling by some chains yeah. uh, that her, her arms are bound with, and there is a car engine that is hold, that is weighing her down. Um, if that was if that was real, she'd be ripped in half. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, physics has physics. no, part and that's my least. That's the comics. least of my problems with this movie. Oh, well, you know what? We different strokes for different folks. <laughs> for me, Sir Isaac Newton is my god. Uh, Batman runs. Well, before we even gets to that, we get to that fight. Batman runs in to try to save Catwoman, and yep. he is met with Tommy Elliot's corpse. Yep, dangling from drops chains. from the ceiling. So we're like, all right. So it's definitely this is wow they're playing this. Yep. Cool. Just in case you were still wondering. Yeah. They're like, all right. For those of you who read the book yeah. and know the way that this goes, yeah. we're going to alleviate all of your questions by dropping a corpse in front of Batman. Thanks, Jack Nicholson. You're welcome. <laughs> a corpse in front we're- of the Batman. <laughs> um, they fight mortally wounded. Catwoman gets freed. She helps the fight. Um, tag team match. Tag team match. Riddler. Ends up falling into almost falling into a vat of fire lava because there's a fire vat in a metal workshop. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Batman's trying to save him. Catwoman says, you're crazy. Places the line. Yeah. Places crumbling around. They got to move. Yeah. Catwoman just says, screw it and cuts the line. Um, And then he does. And then they escape. And then so let me ask you this from a storytelling perspective. If that man's trying to save someone and the woman that he now loves cuts the line, wouldn't you think he'd be upset with that? Because he has one rule, one rule, rule only. You don't kill in the time that she was just sitting there watching him struggle with the line. She could have helped them like five. They could have pulled him up, thrown him down, pulled him up, thrown him down, pulled him up, thrown him down and still made it out on time. Yeah. But she just pulled the old line cut trick. Mm hmm. The the big kicker is that Catwoman is upset with Batman that he was trying to save the Riddler. And Batman wasn't nearly as upset that he as he should have been to find out that his girlfriend just murdered right. someone. Right. Straight up murdered. The one rule that Batman has, Catwoman is like, I hate you for this. Yep. And he's just like, I don't mind that you killed him. He's like, it's yes, I've I have one rule. That's just one. It's all I'm asking. <laughs> And they try to make it seem like it's a compulsion of his. She's like, oh, my God, you're crazy. It's your almost OCD. Yeah, like it, yeah. it actually is. It, 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 like, it's brought like it is. a. I like feel a like they try disorder. to make it deeper than it actually is by bringing that up in, in, yeah. in dialogue. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. And that's the end of the movie. That's the end. What a dumb ending of that movie. It was like so it hits the major beats in terms of plot storytelling i don't know if it hits it it might it, ding them no like it, it they, they go through i'll give it this credit it goes through but it misses the entire point of the whole book it just completely goes it's kind of like if you sat down and was trying and i don't know what it's like it's so horrible not horrible it's horrible it's bad it was like they could so this is like a movie that I would write after that I watched that I read this comic because yeah. I was so confused by the end about who was who. Yeah. That I would have just said, fuck it. It's the regular. It's the Riddler. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I'm just going to do this. How can I justify this? OK, I'm going to backtrack and just make him behind everything because we said so. And then I'm just going to make 
Batman make up some it's, stuff to put connections where connections weren't really there. It's very much for me, actually, the the closest I can get is X-Men Origins Wolverine. It oh. hits the major points, but it misses the point entirely. Oh, man. He's in Weapon X. He gets adamantium claws. It has his origin story in there, but it just misses everything. Look, that movie had one of the best opening title sequences of any X-Men movie. And that's really the only credit that you can give it to it because the rest of it was literally a trailer. And they let Ryan Reynolds do his thing for four lines of dialogue. Yep. And that was it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it feels to me very much the same way where it's like if you look at it from a very high level, it hits it. But when you start digging into the details and what at least I liked about the book, it just misses it completely. The flashbacks to Tommy and Bruce as kids, it doesn't reference at all because Tommy doesn't matter in this movie he's just a guy he's just a guy that shows up for literally three scenes and you know what from what i remembered from two months ago he was basically the same as i remembered so i guess i was okay with it yeah so like when he shows up he's like i'm gonna say tommy good times yeah he's he's, a good dude he just wants he's a good dude he doesn't have a good time he wants to get reacquainted with his lost friend he bought everybody some drinks they bailed on him so yeah. he drank both of them because like that's what you do in that scenario like a goddamn champion he pounded that ish. yeah um and then then he just wanted to plot batman's demise behind his back because reasons yeah also yeah this is what upset me about the whole thing okay and i discussed this earlier but i'm reiterating for the microphone yes the beginning of the movie riddler um he cuts batman's line mm-hmm with a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, was it a sniper rifle or just a pistol? Whatever. It, it had was, a, it was a sniper rifle. It had a scope on it. Yeah. He was able to make the shot of a moving Batman right. through a line. Right. Like just one line. He was able to make that shot. Yes. The whole point of this was to kill him. You're telling me that all this time he couldn't, he could shoot the line, but he couldn't just shoot Batman in the head. Right. In the face. In the face. Because like you figure his head is probably protected, but like in the face hole where his like jaw goes. That's still much more yes like leeway than a lot. Yeah. Like I can't the bigger target. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent upset. Yeah, again, physics not on this movie yeah. side. No, yeah, and in, in the um in the book too, it was like Hush wanted Batman to like really suffer, so he really drew it out and really kind of like got things going. And and this is just kind of like I just want you dead. Yep, because I'm the Riddler. But he still made the most convoluted friggin' plan to get around to it. And oh, something else that drove me nuts we didn't talk about. They keep on referring to Riddler as a C-list hero or a B-list hero. Riddler is a A-class Batman Absolutely. villain. 100%. And they keep on like they kept on saying it as if I'm going to change my mind throughout and like no. Riddler is like you think of Batman's rogues. You think of Joker first, obviously. Yep. You have Joker, Mr. Freeze, Riddler, Catwoman, Poison penguin? Ivy. What? You put Penguin up there? Penguin. I put Penguin up there. Yeah, I put Penguin up there. Yeah. Absolutely. Penguin, Two-Face. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Harvey Dent Still two facing there. We see it in the montage. Yeah. It's gotta be a montage. So we lost a trench coat. That's true. We only had two trench coats. Just two. Kamish Gordon. Yeah. And Hush. 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 Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. What a disappointment. I was Dude, expecting no less than five. That was uh, maybe four. <laughs> Warner Brothers owes me three trench coats. Warner Brothers is your move. Um ultimately the animation. Let's, let's take a step back. So that's the story. Obviously, we I think we both agree that it just missed it completely. Yeah. Uh, animation style of the movie, it's fine. It's fine. It's on par with all the other ones. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. They're trying again. They're trying to build this continuity, so they're not going to deviate too far away. Yep. Fortunately for them, it happens to look like it was inspired by Jim Lee's art, so it's like it's all right. 
uh, voice acting. Uh, ultimately, good choices for voices, mm-hmm. weird performances. Yeah, I agree. Except for Dwight. Dwight was so good. He did about as good as you'd expect Dwight Shoot to be as Lex Luthor. Yep. Not that great at all. That's about it. That's about it. We broke it down pretty hard. Yeah. So ultimately successful adaptation. I will give it. I'm going to give it a D plus, not a C minus. It didn't fail. Yeah. But someone read the cliff notes and didn't read the last chapter. That's actually a really good analogy. It's like it's like someone read the first page and last page of every chapter and then tried to do a book report on it. Amazing. So unrelated. Yeah. I think I've discussed this on other podcasts before. Yeah. Um holes, the movie Holes yeah. with Shia LaBeouf yeah. is the best. It is chapter for chapter. Literally, even the weird flashbacks, chapter for chapter. Yeah. The book at not at times, sometimes word for word. Hmm. It's my favorite adaptation of book to film has nothing to do with DC. Right. We're never going to cover it on here. No. If you decide to change (laughs) to straight literature, I will come and do holes. (laughs) And do holes. Yes. I have to read a book, though, without pictures. It's the worst. Actually, I've actually read a book in the last year. I can't tell you the last time I read a book without pictures. Yeah. Probably when I was on my honeymoon. Nope. They had pictures. See what happens. I couldn't tell you. God, we need yeah. the pictures. <laughs> um, anyways, so I think we're just going to call that a show at that. Um, Chris, why don't you remind all the lovely people where they can find you on the internets? Um, well, the easiest place to find us yeah. me is uh, badcodyfunky.com. Mm-hmm. Which um, you just learned has all the links to which has a long, Yeah, I hadn't checked out the website in a while. <laughs> That's great. Um, my handle on there is dot .chris. You can find me basically on all social media everywhere mm-hmm. as Nortelius, N-O-R-T-E-L-L-I-U-S. Mm-hmm. Um, I exist. He does. True. Maybe he'll stream one day. Maybe one day. I've tried streaming one time. One time didn't end well. No, I don't have the equipment for it. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, all right, everyone. Chris, thank you for for joining me. Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast, is a proud part of the Geek Generation Network. Be sure to check out all of the wonderful podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com.